Welcome to the Nutrigenomic Nation podcast with Brian Highfield, certified nutritionist, author, speaker, and founder of multiple successful companies in the health world. Brian is known for educating healthcare professionals and others on improving their health and their life through breakthroughs in nutrition, technology, and biochemistry. On the podcast, Brian interviews thought leaders in the world of nutrition and natural health. He and his guests share the secrets of a whole life natural approach to health and the life-altering results you can get by making easy changes to your diet and daily routine. All right, well, welcome to Nutrigenomic Nation where we talk about nutritional-based healthcare technology and emerging trends related to your genetic health. And so today we have a very special guest. She's actually a friend of mine. I've known her for years. We have Dr. Sveta Silverman. Uh, she is a, a formal pediatric surgeon and also a pathologist. And so today she likes teaching people on how to he uh, have healthy lives and be more proactive about their health. So welcome to, our, to the program, Dr. Silverman. Oh, uh, my honor, my honor, Brian. And happy <laughs> holidays to every one of you and happy holidays to you and your family. Awesome. Well, same to you. I really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, first question I have for you, Dr. Silverman, is uh, we want to know about you. We want to learn a little bit more about your background and why you chose healthcare as a career. I chose healthcare as a career because of my mom. Because my mom was a doctor uh, and she was a healer. As you can hear from my Russian accent, uh, I'm uh, a descendant from the former Soviet Union, immigrated to Canada. But the, the interesting thing about, you know, I had a kind of long path to medicine. I always wanted to follow my mom, but I also kind of, I'm quite artistic. So I was bouncing between singing songs and practicing medicine. But what's interesting, mom was a healer. She used to walk into the room and before prescribing any medications or any procedures, patient already felt better. She had a magic touch. So my mom is always, a, it's, you know, it's my angel. Wow. So a lot of people have like personal stories like that that really drove them to healthcare when someone, uh, a family member, someone is, is afflicted with the disease and, and they just really want to do all they can to not only help them, but then share what they've learned with other people. Absolutely. I mean, it all started with my mother. It's all going on with my mother. Not only that, as you said, Sometimes we choose career by sort of following the family path. And sometimes we choose career by inspiration. Not only my mother inspired me, there was a very, very close to a friend of our family who was a surgeon. He was one of the best surgeons. He had magic hands. He was awesome, good looking, and he was an amazing surgeon. And I absolutely adored him. Um, and I wanted to be a surgeon in the Soviet Union. However, then the path changed. I actually wanted to become a pathologist because I wanted to look in the cells. I wanted to read and understand. And I also wanted to be very close to the surgeons in the operating room. But life changed when mom, again, mom, was afflicted with a deadly cancer. So from absolutely conventional doctor with two medical degrees, one in Canada and one in the Soviet Union, I started looking into traditional methods. The methods that were known 
to our uh, mankind for thousands and thousands of years. And I turned, initially I turned to foods because there was nothing to save my mom. There was no chemotherapy or nothing to save my mom from a deadly multiple myeloma. I started learning foods, foods. I thought foods is a solstice. Till I discovered that no, foods is not end all and be all. Foods is a part of what I call pillars of health. So, so let's, let's talk about let's talk about food and you, you were talking about cells. You know, you want to be a pathologist because you wanted to really do a deep dive into the cells. So how does how does nutrition really affect our cells? I mean, we're we're just a big glob of cells, right? There's just trillions and trillions of cells just, that we're made up of. We, we are exactly. You just you know you're using my words per se. Thank you. We are a lump of cells. We are a lump of some say thirty plus trillion cells. Some say forty plus trillion cells. That's a lot of cells. So what happened is, oh, we've got we've got a visitor, three and a half year old visitor. So no, we, have a, we have a dog. We have a three-and-a-half-year-old dog who's making some noise in the background. So <laughs> I love that because it's alive. So the thing, what about cell? Well, cell is a factory. It's a living plant of thousands and thousands of biochemical reactions. And also cell is a composition of different structures like a house. The house has rooms and the rooms have walls and there's a ceiling and there's some furniture. Same thing with the cell. And then let's say we run, or let's say the car runs on an energy from the, the, into the engine and stuff. Well, the house, especially let's say I'm living in Canada. If there is no power, there is no furnace. There is no furnace, there is no heat. So, well, the same thing with the cell. Cell has to function on energy and cell has to function on commands. So nutrition to me is the one of the foundation blocks for A, it is directly nutrition. It supplies the cells with food. But the second point of good nutrition is our food is the building blocks to build the cells be, and be, because there's a progression of cells. We have new cells replicating, then they became young, then they became mature, then they became old and then they die. So there's always a turnover of the cells. So we need those building blocks and we also need the food for those cells. And now con con um, considering that the cell is uh, a composition of organelles or cellular, like a house mm -hmm. with rooms and furniture and stuff. So some parts are more important than the others. As we said already, the stove may be more important than, I don't know, the, the food stand or the walls. You cannot have the house without the walls and without, let's say, um, some isolation or something like that. So th that's, that's the nutrition. Nutrition is absolutely essential. So some food that tastes good brings no nutritional or foundational value to the cells, and I call it empty calories. And unfortunately, 
it's a holiday season and we're kind of coming to those foods because now we're talking about baking goods and refined sugars, refined carbohydrates, which is yummy, but not good at all. <laughs> yeah. So that's, a, that's probably a winded long answer. Yeah, and so that's 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 um, a good analogy with the house and the walls and and the different uh, parts of a house and and supplying energy. Let's talk about pathways inside the cells a little bit. And this is somewhat um, relatively newer technology and discoveries inside of our body, inside of the cells, is that we can actually uh, send messages uh, inside of our cells. How does that work? Well, it works great when these pathways are working and it doesn't work great when these pathways are not working. Well, the thing is, the cell, cell is like a computer per se. It needs commands. So the pathways are the, um, the auto-regulation from the commands. So the, um, the command tower let's say is a mitochondria that is going to send the commands to initiate few of the pathways. However, there are also uh, uh, those command centers that are, there are over 2000 sort of, you know, uh, command centers that initiate pathways. And again, some of them are more important and some of them are less important. And what happened with, we sometimes we say, oh, nucleus with DNA is so, so important. But what important is that pathway to stimulate or turn on those genes or those commands. So let's say the signal comes to the cell and there is a whole bunch of different protein complexes that are called tumor transcription factors. It's per se, it's a, oh, sorry, nuclear transcription factors. I'm like a brain, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cancer pathologist. <laughs> so it's a, it's a nucleus or nucleus transcription uh -huh. factor, meaning that, so there's a signal from the outside. So through the whole bunch of biochemical reactions, that signal, is transferred through the cell membrane. That's the importance of the cell membrane to regulate the signals and some to negate and some to allow. From a cell membrane through the chain, that signal goes to that nuclear transcription factor, AKA protein that is going to send the signal to the nucleus to transcribe, transcription, to transcribe the genes, allowing them to make or synthesize the proteins for our life, our function. So these are in simplicity, this pathways. So one of the most important pathways and we call them the master regulator of health. He is, he, he or she or it, <laughs> is the master regulator of that communication. And it's called 
NRF2. There is a series of this NRFs, mm -hmm. nuclear, well, it's nuclear respiratory factor, nuclear uh, um, NRF2. There's NRF1 and there's NRF2, and then there's another NRF1. There are a few of them. Then, then NRF3, but of all of them, it's a family of nuclear transcription. And these are proteins, right? These are proteins inside of our yeah. cell? So, or nuclear trans, or nuclear regulatory factors. Okay. It's called nuclear respiratory because that's where it's found. Because okay. scientists are actually very simple-minded. They find something, they actually name it how it is. <laughs> yeah. So now, so, you know, you were saying that that nuclear NRF2, uh, what does it do? It listens to the signals from the outside. And it listens to the signals from the inside because it correlates both. And then it is turned on by some of them. And then when it turns on, it, turn, it turns on multiple pathways. And those pathways are divided into three main categories. A, it's an anti-inflammatory pathway. So it, it regulates whole bunch of anti-inflammatory genes. And from anti-inflammatory genes, it's going to stimulate anti-inflammatory enzymes or proteins. The second major pathway is anti-cancer pathways. When there is a beautiful crosstalk between NRF2 and some genes that takes care of, no, you're not allowed to stimulate cancer cells. They're called tumor suppressor genes because they suppress it. And the third, path, the third kind of pathways is it's a pathway that turns on cellular cleanliness, that turns on the production of our own antioxidant or antioxidant factors. And some of them everybody knows, especially now, which is called glutathione. And glutathione is the master antioxidant of the cell. And we know the interplay between, and between glutathione and let's say IL-6. Again, IL-6, it's now, it's posted everywhere. Glutathione has to be upregulated and healthy. And glutathione will be activated by NRF2 amongst other things. Now, I mentioned about mitochondria. Mm -hmm. We need to understand Without mitochondria, cell will cease to exist. It's as simple as that. We also need to understand that cells are not only to contain one mitochondria, but some cells contains over 2 million mitochondria per cell. Wow. You may guess which cells are these. These are brain cells. Now, why is that? Because why mitochondria is so critically important? 
A, it controls our DNA. It's as simple as that. The mitochondria is a motherboard of the DNA health or DNA disease. Hmm. Number two, mitochondria literally gives us energy. Again, if there is no mitochondria and there is no energy to feed the cell, the, the cell is going to cease. Now, how, do, now, how does we, mitochondria produce the energy? It combines oxygen that we breathe with the food that we eat. That's where the quality of the food comes on board. So it's kind of like kind of like the engine of your car, right? Your car is taking in air and taking in fuel and turning that in energy. Entirely. And so the quality of the fuel matters in an engine. So the quality of the food matters to our mitochondria. Entirely. Mitochondria is literally the cellular engine. It's that's what it is. Now, when I told you, for example, about the mitochondria, the count of mitochondria in the brain cells, because brain by weight is zero, it's 2% of our body mass. It consumes 20% of all the oxygen. Wow. So that's why, but we need to understand if the cells are dirty, if NRF2 amongst other things is not upregulated properly, it doesn't produce glutathione. Now, Glutathione exists inside the cell. And because of the importance of mitochondria, it also exists in the mitochondria. We have extracellular glutathione, intracellular glutathione, and intramitochondrial glutathione. Wow. So there is no glutathione. It doesn't matter how you're going to feed your mitochondria. It ain't going to work right. And the problem with the not properly working mitochondria is you're still going to breathe oxygen. So that oxygen, instead of adding it with either glucose or fatty acids and convert into energy, that oxygen is going to convert into something that is called superoxide. Superoxide is free radical. So you're breathing your oxygen, but because mm -hmm. mitochondria is not functioning right, you're actually increasing your free radical burden. It's like, it's like a vicious circle. That's why the whole cell has to be taken care of from the outside in. I like it from the outside in, not from the, like everybody says, oh, let's do DNA, it's genetic. No, it's not, it's not genetic. Let's do epigenetic. Let's do everything. Let's take care of all our foundation of health. What we breathe, what we eat, how we pray, how we smile, how much we smile, how many compliments a day we give, what we eat, how much we exercise, and how much we supplement and upregulate ourselves. Because I absolutely truly believe this day and age, it doesn't, you need to eat right and do everything what I said, but you need to supplement. Unless you're living somewhere in the remote islands, somewhere uh -huh. in, in New Zealand. <laughs>
So let's go back. You were talking about the NRF2 pathway, and you were talking about the different types of genes that it would then um, activate, you know, flip a switch, if you will. You talked about anti-inflammatory type of switches. You talked about tumor suppression type of switches and also detoxification types of switches. Now, just listening to those things, I think of I think of tumors, I think of cancer because they requires inflammation. It requires, um, you know, it, 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 it doesn't like anti, uh, tumor suppressant um, type of, of, of matter. Uh, it, it, it likes the dirtiness, you know, it doesn't like to be clean. So, so how are, is this being studied to help fight certain types of cancer? Absolutely. And it's becoming, to me, it's becoming more hopeful because not only, as we know, the vast majority of cancers are not genetic. They are epigenetic. Are going to be other genes going to be involved? Absolutely. But there's something environmental or something that is outside that nucleus that triggers the replication of abnormal cells. So that makes me a little bit more hopeful that we're starting to investigate the cellular milieu, what triggers the cancer cells, what in the cells, what that dirty mechanism, what entitles into the dirty mechanism, what's wrong with the cell, or what's wrong with the environment? You know, let's say, let's look into toxicities, you know, heavy metals, uh, uh, mycotoxins, different environmental toxins like mm -hmm. glyphosate, Roundup, arsenic, uh, mercury, uh, on and on and on. So I am very, very, very optimistic. Let's look into sustainability of the food. Let's look into the quality of water. Let's look, and then let's look into the cells. Like, what can, how can we boost mitochondria? If anything, what can we do to make this control tower healthy and plentiful? Wow. So yeah, so um, more clean food that we, that we eat, the cleaner air that we breathe, and then what, I guess you, you were talking about a little bit before, but I'm not sure if I'm clear, are there things that we can do to kind of activate these, this NERF2 pathway, the NERF1 pathway for healthier cells, um, healthier mitochondria? Uh, well, there are many, 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 many ways to, uh, let's start with mitochondria, it's easy. Because how can you activate mitochondria? Uh, Time-restricted eating. So, uh, or per se, calorie restriction, but calorie restriction is not sustainable. Nobody is going to starve. That's kind of like a fasting type diet. Correct, but you know, time restricted fasting and not overeating. You know, let's minimize the amount of food on the plate, but let's maximize the nutrient value on the plate because that what is going to upregulate the mitochondria and NRF2. Here, what am I talking about? So for example, turmeric. So for example, uh, cinnamon. Mm -hmm. 
So for example, um, cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, you know, the holiday foods, cabbages, Swiss chard, spinach, uh, arugula, all that stuff. So for example, green tea. Green tea. Green tea is going to boost the mitochondria. Uh, green tea is going to upregulate the NRF2. Green tea. Make sure you're drinking the high quality of green tea using purified water. And, uh, and then let's talk fats. Let's talk fats. Let's talk essential fats. So what do we do? Fish oils. Like fish oils, but fish oils have to be the highest quality. You need those fish oils and here comes from a vegan. Yeah, I eat my, my vegan diet, that's fine. But for me to boost my membranes and to, to boost a whole bunch of biochemical pathways, I need proper DHA and EPA. And that comes already provided by fishes, by cold water oily fish. So find your fish oils that is the highest quality. Now, mitochondrial boost, vitamin Bs. You gotta look into niacin, vitamin B3, and then different derivatives of niacin like NAD. NADP, and then it will, it's going to convert. So again, if you're talking about bees, vitamin Bs, you need to look into green food. So, and then, so that the majority of the plate should be plant-based. So these plant, basically a plant-based diet, you know, you mentioned things like turmeric, green tea. I mean, people are familiar with these that you could find them in your, uh, in your in your spice cabinet in your in your pantry, um, so it's it's not like s some super exotic uh, type. Uh, no, of... absolutely not. It's you know I keep forgetting for mitochondria, uh -huh. uh, quercetin. Uh -huh. Everybody hears about quercetin. This the coenzyme Q10. Coenzyme mm -hmm. Q10. I mean this kind of things. Even very very simple things like vitamin C in the proper form of south you know, southern uh, states now, mm -hmm. you know, the oranges and the lemons, you know, now it's, now it's a harvest, it's a season. Utilize it for us, it's let's say cranberries. Wow, yeah, so, so basic stuff um, that, that people- Very, very are, basic stuff, very yeah. basic stuff. Now, vitamin D, mm -hmm. we need to think of a vitamin D and we need to think vitamin D and we need, Sorry about that. We need to think vitamin. Sorry, we need to think vitamin D and then vitamin D in conjunction with fish oils. So, uh, very simple things. Yeah. Very, but then, when you look into the foods, you start breaking it up. What does it do? So, let's say why cruciferous? Because it does bees and it does your NRF to activate turmeric. Well, turmeric is you know it gives you everything. It gives you everything. And then let's say you start thinking per se mushrooms, why? Well, because mushrooms are going to give you vitamin D and then it's going to give you a whole bunch of other immune protection. And then what we're forgetting is for our health is our microgut. And microgut is entirely connected to gut, gut is connected to foods. Because you ain't going to feed your microgut 
is your perceived like a trifecta. Uh -huh. It's the microgut, it's your immune system, and it's your brain. And we're talking, when you talk microgut, you got to think of the probiotics and prebiotics. And I absolutely, this is me, I believe in the probiotic supplementation. And this comes from a vegan. I mm -hmm. eat plenty of probiotic foods. I make my probiotics and prebiotics, but I absolutely help my, my microgut with probiotics. And you need to find your proper, your proper brand. There are plenty of them on the market. You've got to find the good quality. That's great. So we, we've covered a lot uh, in this episode here. I mean, we've, we were talking to a pathologist, so we're really getting deep into the chemistry and talking about these different pathways. And so we talked about NERF2, NERF1, uh, what nutrients activate those different pathways, the benefits of that, and why our cells, uh, why that's so important to the cellular health uh, to maintain our overall health. Is there anything else? I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned the gut health. You, we talked about prebiotics and probiotics, um, anything else that, that, um, that we're missing? Oh, I'm sure we're miss missing plenty, plenty <laughs> of things because, you know, I'm, and I'm pretty sure I overwhelmed your listeners, but this is health. It's so exciting. And uh -huh. the, the, the more aspects you go, the deeper you dig. And the deeper you dig, the more deeper you dig after. So there is never end, but it's very, very simple. My foundation of health or pillars of health starts with happiness. It starts with happiness and love and mind and start your morning with breathing and meditation, whatever knocks your socks, whether it's yoga or something, but something for you that actually opens your lungs and opens your day. And then nutrition, nutrition for food, for joy, but for the foundation of health, these are your nutrient blocks. And then your hydration, and from hydration, exercise. And from exercise, then you go into supplementation. They're supplements, they're not substitutes. You go into supplementation and cellular upregulation because this day and age, even if you eat organic and if you do all of the above for where we live, for how we live, for using those things, which are called electromagnetic devices mm -hmm. and sitting by the computer all day long, looking at, at Wi-Fi, we need to boost our cells, AKA we need that supplementation with, let's say, after activation and mitochondrial boost for sure, and microgut boost. And then we need the, uh, the supplementation as to different vitamins and different minerals. Some essential now as and selenium and magnesium and zinc and quercetin, as I mentioned, and coenzyme Q10, like one of the few. And I think that we is going to leave us to healthy and happy life. And that's what we want, right? We want healthy and happy lives. And we so want healthy and happy. Yeah, healthy and happy. Because when we're healthy and happy, even if, even if we have 
per se, a lot of money, it doesn't work. Health comes first. Health and happiness comes first. It's great. Awesome. Well, we're out of time and we covered a lot here. This has been an awesome episode and I really, really appreciate uh, you being with us here, Sveta. This has been awesome, good information for all of our listeners. So from all of us at Neutrogenomic Nation, I hope you all enjoyed our discussion today and we hope you join us next time when we discuss another topic related to your good health. Thank you so much, Dr. Silverman, and thank, thank you for listening. You for Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.